0: Hello, and welcome to my anti-Valentine's month. Are you fed up with getting Valentine's Day shoved down your throat? Do you wish this excuse to sell chocolates, cards and flowers, but just fuck off? Have you had enough of being made to feel like second-hand citizen because you're single? Then join me in these three weeks revel in Valentine's horror, starting with the 1981 classic. My Bloody Valentine, starring Paul Kilman, Laurie Heller, Neil Affleck, and Don Franks, directed by George Micah. What can I say about this Canadian horror classic? Apart from this, it was made in the golden age of slasher horrors, what with Halloween, Friday 13th, Black Christmas, and countless others. Was this yet another slasher with a holiday theme, even though Valentine's Day isn't really a holiday? Let's find out. Anyway, on with the show. I think I own the uncut version of this on Blurry, which I bought back in 2004 for about a fiver. That's £5. Pounds, which I believe is now out of print. Anyway, this is the only one I have, so it's someone I can review. So a quick plot. 20 years ago, a cave-in at a local mine caused six miners to be trapped underground, and a sole survivor to go nuts. A year later he is released or escapes from the mental asylum and kills the two people responsible and hence the urban legend is born out of the minor. Fast forward to twenty-one years later, and the miner is back killing people. Pretty standard 80s slash affair there. So the movie opens with two people in full minor garb, gas mask, hard hat, the lot, going into the mine to have sex. And who said Romance was dead? They go deep into the mine. And one of them starts taking off their outfit and it's a blonde chick who thinks having sex in a mine is a very good idea. Hmm. So anyway, after removing her gas mask and hat, she starts to seduce the other miner, which we are all to assume is a guy. So she shows her boobs, uh, one of which has a heart tattoo on one of her breasts, which causes the miner, that's what I'm going to call him from now on in, to go nuts and impale the blonde on his pickaxe right through the tattoo and onto the title card. Cut to the 12th of February 1981 I'm guessing and meet our cast. More miners with some banter about gas and leaving the newbies down there to find their way back up. Yes how very health, con- health and safety conscious the 80s were. Then onto something we see very little of nowadays. Male nudity. Why is Hollywood so scared to show male nudity? I mean it's only a cock and two balls, half the world has them. Why is it so okay for full frontal female nudity, yet hardly ever do we see the male form nude? Unless it's an arty farty, bullshit indie movie that nobody gives a rat's arse about and even then it's a quick flash. Well, unless of course you're Michael Fassbender, Kevin Bacon or Ewan McGregor. God bless these brave men. Anyway, back to the movie. So the miners horseplay around in the shower and blah 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 So after some really piss poor dialogue about Axel and Sarah, the guys decide it's drinking time and they all pile out of the showers, Dukes of Harder style, uh, this is not how guys interact by the way, and drive haphazardly to the nearest bar. This is where you see the fictional town sign for Valentine Bluff, where the Hannigan miners. Into the pub where the guys will hook up with their girlfriends that are, of course, just decorating the place for the big Valentine's Dance. Actually, I should say it's not actually a pub, it's more like the local community centre. How various 70s, early 80s. the Men do all the heavy hard work and the women are just doing mere decorating. Cut to a scene with the mayor and his assistant, I don't call her a secretary, and something about this being the first dance in 20 years. That's one thing I hated about low budget movies from the 80s as the sound is always so low yet the soundtrack and or music is so loud and muffles this, this dialogue making the dialogue impossible to hear which in this case isn't a bad thing as the dialogue is terrible. Then on a prank what is it with the 80s slasher films and playing pranks on people with one of the miners having red paint for blood on his head and freaking out Mabel the mayor's assist- assistant. And this is where we are introduced to the mayor's son TJ, who we are supposed to think is a killer. He gets in trouble with his dad and just sulks off, just as one of the miners gives the mayor a heart shaped box from the secret admirer with the heart of the blonde from the start of the movie. It comes with a lovely valentine's poem. From the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happens when a 14th goes near. I dare you to write that on a card this year or next I double dare you to. Onto to that night and I'm guessing doing the aliens knife trick passes entertainment in a mine town as two guys do it and their girlfriends look on all dewy eyed and cut to the creepy bar owner telling the fairy tale of the town as its put that 20 years earlier in 1960 five miners were trapped in the mine after a few others rushed out to go to the big dance that night that 20 years earlier in 1965, five miners were trapped after a few of the men rushed out to go to the big dance that has been a town tradition for over 100 years. So after 6 weeks of digging, the final of Aiden's soul sole survivor, Harry Warden, that is not only went nuts, but he's also a cannibal. Then the next year, he escapes from the mental asylum and goes on a killing spree and he now stalks the mine every 14th to find someone else to kill. What I don't get is his speech, the bar owner, that is. Speech is in rhyme one minute, then it's not, and then goes back into rhyme, then goes not, and then goes back into rhyme make up your fucking mind already but of course the young ones don't believe him or the legend and go about being jerks to the barmaids and some tension between tj and his ex-girlfriend now with axel so we'll cut to a terrible scene between the mayor and the sheriff about the quote kids and their jokes unquote and some more about harry warden as the sheriff can't get the nut house on the phone at night. How very 80s. As soon as it hits night time, nobody's out to help you. Or no one's actually at work to help you. Then some more banter from the mayor, sheriff, and coroner about Harry Warden and him being in Eastfield Cemetery for 20 years. Cut to a miner skulking around. Outside the laundry mat where Mabel is cleaning the hearts of the fake blood from the prank earlier. So the miner leaves a box for not seeing. Roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. Terrible poem, I would have put. Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm going to bloody kill you. Mabel quickly gets offed and stuffed into a washing machine. Then it cuts to some of the guys cooking meat on an engine of one of the cars in the middle of a scrapyard. How very hygienic. While getting stalked by someone who you're supposed to believe is the the miner. That turns out to be T.J. Foreshadowing. Hmm. As he hands Axel a bottle of Jack Daniels, then some more male bonding as both play the mouth organ. Then the fight over Sarah. Hasn't Axel ever heard of the, the term bros before, hoes? Eh, that kid. So both men go their separate ways after a, after a bit of a tiff. And then more male bonding with T.G. and Hollis, the token fat guy. And cut to Friday the 13th. Guess Jason was busy trying to hunt down the sole survivor of Friday the 13th in her hometown of San Francisco. As the sheriff is on the phone arguing about Harry Warden with the unhelpful Mrs. Riley and how she can't find any information on Warden that he's either transferred, let go or dead. Ah, the 80s where no one gives a fuck about record keeping. <laughs> Cut to Sarah and one of her gal pals discussing which man she could have, TJ, who's always sulking or Axel who is just as bad. Sulking is a bit of a loose term for I would call it stalking. Just some of the stuff he does in this movie is ridiculous. And all the girl Paul cares about is how her dress is cut up here and slit down to here. Finally, after hours of being jammed into a dryer, Mabel's body is found by the sheriff, and the effects are suitably gory for a low budget 80s horror, with her face melted off. Cut to a scuffle between TG and Axel about Sarah, and back to the sheriff and the mayor deciding to cover up the murder of Mabel. Why did they always do this in small towns and 80 slasher movies, especially since they usually have a police force of about 5 inept cops that quickly gets off, leaving the final girl slash hero all alone to fight the killer. I mean what is wrong with getting some outside help? Honestly. So the mayor cancels the dance and the sheriff walks down the union hall, but that won't stop these demons from throwing the dance. Quote, because that's what people would have wanted, unquote. I love the fact that the mayor tells the sheriff that he doesn't want to see another heart and that every single Valentine's decoration should be taken down, yet, the very next scene, after a quick tiff between Axel, it's a terrible bloody name. And TJ, an even worse name, is shoving Sarah into his car while whisking her off to a beach in the middle of nowhere. However, the main street still has the valentine Hearts everywhere and all the decorations that are up. I just love the 80s. So, to the beach, and I love Lovelorn. Not to mention freezing cold, Sarah asked TJ why he never wrote to her while he was in California. And his bullshit answer is that he couldn't because he failed while being out there. This is one of the worst quote love scenes I've seen. The actress looks freezing, and a piss poor score is adding nothing but cheese, and T.G. looks like a fucking rapist in this scene. Back to the Hillbilly Bar, and yet another tense scene between Axel and TJ, cheese guys. Fight it out or fuck it out, but just let it out already, Heesh On to late at night and Sarah is walking home alone in the middle of an empty looking housing estate that has seen much better days. Of course she bumps into the sheriff. What was this there? It's Halloween. Everyone deserves one good scare. Scene attempt. If so, this is piss poor. Back to the hillbilly bar and TJ and co decide to have the valentine's party since the dance is off and what else would they have it but in his daddy's mine? Yeah, why else would you have it? It's a great place to have it in a dank, dirty mine where a killer is more likely lurking and stalking you. Welcome to the 80s folks where nothing makes any sense, guess you got to blame pot for that one and a lot of it. So. Later that night, or the next morning, it's unclear. The Ralph of this movie, the unnamed barman, sets up a trap or prank or whatever the hell it is, and quickly goes off by the miner, not before some piss poor police work. And the sheriff does nothing, not even attempt to check out the clearly open gates to the Hannigan mine. The next morning, Saturday, the 14th of February. It's valentine's day hopefully the movie can pick up because this is getting a serious bad recommendation because this is awful slow and ridiculous the town still has valentine's decorations up cut to the rec room of the mine and tg and crew start his party what happened to the day is anyone's question because it just cuts to that night another heart-shaped box is waiting for the sheriff outside the police HQ and surprise another hardship box is waiting for the sheriff at the HQ and surprise it's chocolates from Mabel Aww. with a note saying be my valentine. Back to the party and TJ moans about the busted lock while looking directly at the camera. Wait warms to the prank that's set up by the barman. Hmm, more terrible dialogue and party scenes, it looks like the director just filmed the cast and after party because they all look pissed or drunk as for American listeners. So to Babyface as his nickname is, I think his real name is Dave, again there's no real names in this movie, gets killed by the miner by dunking his head in boiling water with the hot dogs in them. Speaking of dogs, the police HQ is now swarmed by mongrel dogs as the heart of the barman is left outside. Not a very nice place this Valentine Bluff, with roaming packs of wild dogs. Terrible police force and an unruly, unruly miners, and a killer on the loose. Back to the party, and more awful dialogue drowned out by country western music. Thankfully, and yet another fight between T.J. and Axel as a drunk Axel tries to force himself on Sarah, and T.J. lets slip that she wants him back. After some awful fight scenes, Axel storms off into the mine, and Sarah finally tells T.J. to fuck off after him being way too stalkery. Cut to a sex scene between. Ginger Chick and Johnny in the showers again who said romance was dead and again where's this chick's name? So Ginger Chick tells Johnny to get the beers and of course he says say it with me now folks I'll be right back some of the girls again no names find a Heart and a hot dog the hot dogs and Johnny misses the body in the fridge But of course they think it's a joke back to the ginger ginger chick a name would have been good here and she gets spooked all alone in the showers slash coat room or pulley system room what the hell that room is of all the minor stuff just hanging off the pulleys how do these things dry hmm as the minor turns on the quote showers which are pipes cut and bent at the end what they could even afford shower heads in this budget Jeez. The ginger chick gets more spooked and of course runs right into the pulleys and the dead body of the unnamed barman and right into the miners hands where she gets impaled into by the shower head gloriously as it rips through her throat cut to johnny coming back with the six pack and wondering where the ginger chick is oh sorry her name is sylvia finally a name yay johnny investigates the showers and finds sylvia's body hanging impaled through the neck with the water pouring out of her mouth. A very nice touch there. More great police work from the sheriff. As just before checking out the party. He gets called back to HQ. What he could have even checked out the party. Like he was right there. I mean come on over two, two minutes. So Hollis and Cole Decide to go down into the mine. Even though it's 2000 feet down. And they have been drinking heavily. All night. But hey. It's the 80s. What's the worst that could happen? So hmm? So TG tells Hollis uh, that they can't go down the mine because no women are allowed. Never mind the fact that he's been drinking heavily and probably smoking shit ton of pot. Because let's face it, it's the 80s and everyone was talking pot and helped they still do it today. Off they pop down the mine with no hard hats nor any safety equipment whatsoever and only a handful of torches that's flashlights for American listeners and blankets. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen down there? Mm. I love the fact the only one that's wearing hard hat is Hollis. Also they act like it's some sort of roller coaster. It's a slow moving train going down a pitch dark, dank, dirty mine with a chance of getting gassed. But it's alright because they've got beer. Also how is this romantic? They're going down to the middle of pitch black mine, that's romance, how? Hmm. Also they have a magic six pack. Well the drink all the way down, get to the bottom and just have a six pack. Magic eighties beer folks, yay! How was his girlfriend asks to be shown around the abandoned part of the mine? Of course she would this is an eighties horror. And of course he takes them because what's worse that could happen? And no, I'm not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. So Mike and his girlfriend, again no name, sneak off so he can show her the main shaft, leave it. And of course they find a bench and snuggle down because of course they, you do have on a bench in the middle of an abandoned mine with no safety equipment again. Moving on to terrible overacting by yet another named Blonde as Dave's body is found in the fridge just as Mike barges in saying Sylvia's body has been found hanging by a pipe. Just notice that TG is dressed just like David Essex. Google it or ask your mum folks. The hair, the outfit. The neck piece the lot have very 70s early 80s anyway axel tells the rest to get out as it's harry warden and he's going to kill them and this is where i learned the police is 999 not 911 hmm, must be a canadian thing this is where tg tells the party to get the off because let's face it for a small mining town they have way too many teens well maybe not after all what else is there to do at night But get pissed at local bar and shag all night long. Axel and TJ, in full miner's gear, go down into the mine to get Sarah, Hollis, and Cole before Harry Warden gets them. They take the world's slowest lift, that's elevator, down the mine, and Hollis sneaks up behind the girls, giving them a cheap scare, and Sarah and Paddy aren't too pleased with that. Because why wouldn't you give them cheap scares? Hmm. On to another cheap scare as Hollis is telling the the girls that they're going into the oldest part of the mine. The 1880s part. I don't know why but hey ho. And this is a place that hasn't been used since Harry Warden's incident. And Q. Howard falling from the ceiling just to scare them because it's funny that way isn't it. Cut to Mike and Harriet finally a name for these chicks. Who, of course, I'm making out on uh, the dusty old bench in the middle of an abandoned mine. God, these girls are easy. I mean, they are girls from '80s horrors. The miner is stalking Hollis, Howard, Sarah, and Patty in the loudest possible way by smashing their lights. Yeah, real subtle there. Finally, some of the party hunt down the sheriff and tell him about the party at the mine and Harry Warden killing them off. So instead of telling off for drink driving, he tells him to head home and he speeds off to the mine. And this is finally where the movie kicks off. Yeah, it's only an hour into the movie, but hey ho. Hollis and Cole have now lost Mike and Harriet. Just as TG comes out of the shadows, tell them that harry Warden is back and he has killed Dave and Sylvia. And they should get the fuck out of there. But of course, they split up Scooby Doo style and. TJ runs off, suspicious much, hmm. into the shadows as Hollis hunts, hunts for Mike and Harriet. Just like that, Hollis finds Mike and Harriet's body drilled to the bench the poor guy didn't even show her his shaft nor did he even go deep drilling. Well, I guess they were drilled, not just the way he wanted to. Right. So Hollis gets offed by a nail gun to the head, a nail gun? Hmm. And Hollis stumbles onto Sarah, Paddy, and Howard, and he now has four nails in his head, all lined up nicely. Even though he was almost shot twice, but hey ho, who needs continuity? This is an 80 slasher. The miner then stalks Paddy and Co. as Howard runs off, leaving the girls alone. However, the miner does not go after them, but takes a side chamber and sulks off, leaving Sarah and Paddy to fight over a light, and leaving Hollis's dead body. Leading to Sarah bitch slapping Paddy, fill on in the face as someone in minor dress looks on. So Axel comes out of nowhere and drags Sarah and Paddy off into the mine to the cage lift. However, Paddy won't shut the fuck up about her dead boyfriend. Now let's face it, she was too good for and could have done much better. And Sarah has to drag her kicking and screaming through the shaft. Note, Axel's magic headlamp. That he turns off not once but twice and then goes off and on and off and off off and on throughout this scene because again that continuity Axel picks up a beam support and whacks the miner or so he thinks it's actually TJ in the gut and surprise surprise they fight yet again cut to Mr police officer 1981 of the sheriff coming in all flashing lights and guns are blazing he shows the cage has no power Uh, before getting called back to his police car via the radio. Meanwhile, uh, down in the mine, TG, Axel, Patty and Sarah are wandering around in almost pitch black trying to find a way out even though this is one of the brightest light lit mines I've ever seen. But hey ho, that is where they find out dun dun dee that, quote Harry, has smashed the power. So what are they to do? I know, climb up the mineshaft even though the girls are unhealed and it's a wet slippery shaft again leave it so off the climb up the wet and dark shaft again leave it and surprise surprise prissy patty refuses to climb the shaft however a barks at her to climb but a mere foot later she's scared of heights and refuses to move I say she's Pickaxe meet and leave the whiny bitch. So Axel climbs higher and higher and all of a sudden a dummy, oh sorry, Howard's body falls and he is hung then falls bouncing off the ground, eh, no way looking like a dummy. So they decide not to climb higher but to go back down, the world's highest shaft to the bottle's low shaft in a matter of 30 seconds and back into the mine. TJ suggests, and this is no way suspicious at all, that they could use the rail cars to get back up. And Axel says he knows a shortcut, again not suspicious, which takes the group to a water hole where they split up again and Axel gets tossed or leaps or just falls into the water. That's a good quote 60 feet deep and there's nothing that falls in comes back out again, unquote. So TG, so T.G. leads the girls along the shaft, steady, and leaves them for no reason, yeah not sus at all, and seconds later there's a cave again, not sus, as he's trapped behind the cave The girls wander through the mine, and finally Patty gets it by a pickaxe to the stomach. Now it's down to the final girl, Sarah, and Harry, not Axel, Warden, as the cavalry show up in the form of two police cars and one ambulance, a grand total of six people. bearing in mind, the sheriff says, quote, all available men, unquote. And back to seder And all alone, as TJ sneaks out of the shadows because the stupid bitch didn't check to see if he was okay or not. And then all of a sudden, the town, half the town goes down the shaft to look for her wait what there was only six a minute ago then that's half the fucking town Jeez. anyway harry not axel warden and tj have the final showdown and some of the worst fight choreographing i have ever seen and in the fight sarah gets a shovel which she then throws at T.G. after jumping from the slowest train in the world as a train passes so does half the towns menfolk. folk Slowly walk past it even though they're supposed to be 2,000 feet down and they just left the surface. Hmm, continuity, fuck it. So T.J. Sarah and not Axel, Harry, Warden, fight down the shaft, leave it. Sarah finds a dangerous cave and of course hurts her ankle because it's an 80 slasher and why the fuck wouldn't she? More lazy fighting between T.J. and Harry, not Axel, Warden, where Harry smashes down the... Already unstable walls, even though it looks like it's a set and it's perfectly fine. Seda finally does something useful and smashes Harry, not Axel Warden, with a rock. And this caused him to remove his mask and show it was Axel all along! And flashback! Surprise! He's the son of one of the men Harry killed 20 years earlier. So, TG hits him with a rock, causing a cave in, and both he and Sarah make it out just in the nick of time. Note TG and Sarah escape a cave saying, Danger, keep out, just as a town folk walk past the same cave with the undamaged sign, but with no Sarah or TG in sight. I got a love cheap 80 slasher movies and continuity. Surprise! Sheriff tells T.G. and Sarah that the nut house called saying Harry Warden had died five years earlier and it took them three days to get this information. Yes hmm. double surprise to no one it was Axel all along and the mayor went all about it. Okay fire his ass along with the police force and sue him for being an incompetent tit. Surprise again. As Axel is still alive, she finally shows just how bug nuts he actually is, by cutting off his arm, running off into the dark, yelling stuff like Harry Harry I'm coming, Harry Harry this town will burn, <sighs> moving on. So that was 1981's My Bloody Wasted, oh sorry Valentine, a cheap wannabe Halloween that wasn't even on par with Friday the 13th Part 3D. Terrible script, awful acting, bad country western soundtrack, and every cliche in the book. But if you know what you're going into, this could be a fun time, just not for me. 3 out of 10. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email suggestions you would like for movies for me to do at Here's Jonas Reviews at gmail.com. Come back next week for the 2009 remake and the following week for my review of Deadpool. Rounding off my anti-Valentine horror month is the 2001 movie Valentine. Then it's Monster March Madness where I look at such classics as Gremlins, Ghoulies, Critters, Troll 1 and 2, William Ad Henry. Anyway, bye!